Well, everyone, I have no idea how we ever got to this one, but guess what? This is episode 69 of Banter Banter. Wait, is it? Uh, I don't know. All right, well, uh, no, I don't think it's. I mean, yeah, it sounds right. I mean, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep pucking at this one until we can finally be the number one top-rated antiques roadshow podcast. I'm sorry, did you say pucking it? Like like check pluck? Uh, oh, plucking! Yeah. I thought you said pucking. I, I was don't like, know. Are you what did to say? I don't know. I'll, like, I'll just listen said, to it in post. When you said pucking, I just I imagined to to be puck. I imagined to uh, hockey players uh, doing the check to try to get the puck to the to their teammates. I thought you were trying to make the reference, like trying to make it as it get into the goal. So everyone, welcome to Banter Banter, the Banter Banter podcast about Banter Banter. I'm one of your hosts, Manny. I am another host, Aaron. And then I'm a host as well, Mike. Where's the cream filling? Now that's the stuff. <laughs> Hosts. Hosts us. Hostesses. Yeah, so I guess if this is your first time joining us, I'm sorry. You've missed so many episodes. At least. At least 68, according to your math. Yeah. Well, all of that is relative. Uh, so how is this fine mid-January for you guys? Ah, you know, it's pretty good. Cold. Can't complain. It is cold, for real. Yeah, usually by now, a lot of the garbage has calmed down. Uh, you know, it actually kind of brought me to want to talk about this next thing, which uh, is something that is given a lot as gifts at the holidays that I, I don't know. It, it just depends, but a lot of people give board games. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to say Black Tar Heroin. Ah, and so I close. thought you were going to say alcohol. Yeah, well. Which I guess all on those. On the more wholesome side. Right. Or talking about things that lead you to drinking. Yeah, no, I, I meant uh, board games. Now, I didn't receive too many this year, but I guess I just felt like uh, chatting about that. All right, I know all of us are, to some extent, more advanced geeks, nerds, whatever you want to call yourselves. So we all play more extensive games than than your average Hasbro family fun night uh, Monopoly type yeah, stuff. Yeah, something yeah. beyond. Uh, I play the $6 million oh, Parker Brothers. I guess let's keep it simple. And maybe next time we can get into some of that complex stuff. Do you guys have any favorites? Uh, well, I mean, this is going to be a pretty stereotypical answer, probably. I, I do like Monopoly, even though it's uh, turned more than a few associations of mine on, uh, turned it on their head. Uh, no, I've never, I've never been different to drink by Monopoly. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's simulated capitalism, so. Basically, which ironically enough that, um... That game actually originally came out, I believe, during the Great Depression. Yeah, it did. And it, you know, it gave families something to do inside. Because um, going outside back then was kind of dangerous. I like to pretend I have money too sometimes. Right. My bank account tells me I never have money. 
So I guess technically Monopoly is sort of like the original Mario Kart. It's probably Settlers of Catan, but Smash Brothers. Uh, for sure, for <laughs> um, for video games, but uh, for board games, I think Settlers of Catan probably probably holds that crown. I would say Rock'em Sock'em Robots destroys households. You know, I never oh, owned yeah, that, that, and I never really had any friends that owned it either. But I did have some friends that owned Crossfire, and that was a lot of fun. Crossfire! Oh, yeah. yeah, who could ever forget that jingle? You want to talk about earworms? <laughs> That's a good one. It is a good one. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, my board game, uh, basically I've got a lot of experience with uh, kind of the Parker Brothers, um, ha- um, Parker Brothers and, oh man, who's who's the other big one? Hasbro? Hasbro. Is it Hasbro? Yeah, Hasbro, so. yeah. Parker Brothers and Hasbro. I think Maybe Hasbro not. made, I think Hasbro made Mousetrap, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which, I mean, let's be honest. Did anyone ever really ever play that game, or did they just put the trap together to watch it go and trap the mice? You know, I don't. I didn't play with that one too much growing up. It wasn't until much later until I got to mess with it. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. I always tried to play that game, except even if you don't try to move the board, it sets the trap off. So, like... They, I think they intentionally made that. They intentionally made that to never actually be able to be completed, because then you you're resetting the trap like every five minutes, and you're only halfway across the board. And some of the components like didn't fit into the slots or the holes completely, and it, like I, I remember specifically like when you do the wind up to get the uh, boot to kick. I think. Like, it was so hard. Like, you had to hold it down at the base to do it because it was just not, it wasn't secure enough down in its holding area to um, work effectively without giving some uh, outside interference. But otherwise, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, shoots and ladders, Candyland. Um, hey, I was going to say, though, about Monopoly, isn't it? Isn't it the weirdest thing? Uh, I kind of feel like. Sometimes it can be the the generic gift for somebody who generally knows what a person is into, but doesn't care enough to wonder whether they already have a copy of Monopoly. That's where the multi-versions, you can get your Walking Dead version, because like, hey, you still got for Monopoly, but now sure. you got Walking Dead version of Monopoly. Yeah, right, but why do you, why do you need so many? So I that mean, you can play multiple like, games at one time. I would like two. Maybe Classic, because I'm a fan of, of the old aesthetic, and I would say one with an alternate rule set, like the one I have here in the household that is not Classic Monopoly is... I think a Lord of the Rings Monopoly. What makes the, the rules ring, wild and crazy? Well, the one ring travels around the board as well, and it does it at a slower pace, but if it makes it all the way to Mount Doom, then it's over. And basically, the game ends there. You tally up who has the most riches by that point, and it's over. In which game was that? Lord of the Rings Monopoly. Wait, okay. now, can I stop the ring from making it to Mount Doom? Nope. 
No. So really, it's just like a, a timer. It's more of a timer. Oh, yeah. well, all right. I can. It's a timer I with a varying range. I can handle that, because that is something that I... The games that I enjoy are ones that have a shorter, I guess, like, playtime, in a way. Uh, so having so you like a lot of quick replayability? Yeah, Monopoly is <laughs> definitely an investment. Yeah, Monopoly is definitely an investment. So having a timer in the sense that, like, the ring is going to travel around, and when it gets to the end, it's going to roughly take between 45 minutes to an hour for that to happen if gameplay is standardized. That way you can play multiple times instead of, like, you know, an eight-hour risk game where everybody's still controlling it and someone's stuck in Madagascar because they can't get out. Madagascar was my favorite location in Tolkien's classic series. Of course. Who could forget? Hey, do you remember when Legolas? You remember when Legolas tried to help Gimli out of that sand pit? And then he was like, "Oh, but I'm in Madagascar." Yeah, and then Ben Stiller shows up playing uh, Alex the Lion, and that was they 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 kill him. That was actually quite gruesome. It was right after he he goes, Naswinya! It's a nerdy nerdy fever dream right here. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking of Monopoly, um, I I think it's safe to say that that game probably has more editions than any other. It's like the Street Fighter 2 of board games (laughs) with how many editions it has. I mean, I've got a friend that's got like eight different Monopoly editions, and I'm like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, but, like, basically for any interest that exists in the world, there is an edition of Monopoly for it. Well, two thoughts on that. Uh, first thought was I saw a make-your-own-Monopoly where all of the properties had, like, a little pocket where you could put in a card or even a picture to give them each a, a unique name title. And I think that would be the perfect supplementary Monopoly because it could be anything you wanted it to be. Yeah, kind of like a make-your-own-card mechanic. Thought number two. In modern day, how often... All right, let's 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 say that any time you really got hyped to play Monopoly, you actually got around to playing a game of Monopoly because if you're anything like me, you get hyped every now and again for it and then you never get around to it. Right, And then the interest just sort of wanes and then eventually comes back. And then every now and again, somebody else, uh, at least more more than one other person, gets on that hype train with you and you actually bust out the game. So, hypothetically, if every time you got the itch to play Monopoly, you got to play Monopoly. How often would you go across all these additions? Still, almost never. No, because I, one, the game takes a, a while to play. I think, if I remember correctly, four to six hours. So, um, you know, that's quite a big commitment. Even some of my more, I guess, nerdy-themed board games, um, even the ones that are that long, I don't tend to play too often just because it is such a time investment. I don't normally like to sit down for that extended period of time. So I would say that the odds of going across all your games unless you just have a dedicated game night uh would be slim <laughs> dedicated monopoly night dedicated monopoly night dedicated are your friends, gonna, smash are your classes and punch friends night are your friendships pub. not deteriorating fast enough <laughs> 
create a monopoly night. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned in the year 2024 when the hosts of Banter Banter will do a live play Monopoly podcast every day until one of them has died, which is probably going to be quick because this game ruins lives. (laughs) Have you ever wanted to be in a pub brawl? Just take a game of Monopoly over to your local brew house and bing bang boom, you will have yourself a pub fight. Please don't inform the law. Place your friendships under the ultimate stress test today. No, that would hey, be everyone. the game Diplomacy. Welcome to the new podcast, Pod Pod, where we talk about obscure podcasts that only have 16 or 19 subscribers. Tonight, we're talking about Banter Banter. Man, those guys were awesome until that one year they decided to do a Monopoly live play <laughs> podcast where they killed each other on air after 15 minutes. Let's do a quick recap off of The Ocho, live from the event. <laughs> ESPN 8, The Ocho. I'd like to imagine that's how we'll go down in history. It's it's entirely possible. A I, podcast I, that made a mistake to make a horrible live play podcast, and then they killed each other. I would never kill you guys. And then some fool after, I guess, some fool post-mortem decides to still post the episode up. We, we would make it on a few random internet groups. Here it is, Banter Banter's magnum opus. <laughs> <laughs> Their main podcast made it a total of three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these guys died way too young before they became famous. Way too young. I think all of us have passed the threshold of of 30 by this point. Yes. Anything under 70 is way too young. I do have a question for you guys about on the topic of Monopoly. Have you seen at Walmart in your area... If there is a monopoly that is specifically targeted at your town of Austin. Okay. I mean, I'm sure, you know what? I feel like I would have seen something like this at the airport. Yes, that's most likely, that is a classic gimmick, standardized uh, paraphernalia, airports, any tourist attraction locations, you know... Those, you those know, like, Aaron, stands next to the, the train tracks or something, you know, under the, it's down probably, by the river. It's probably just been a, like, Texasopoly or something. Well, anyway, no, uh, no, no. I, uh, so the reason I bring this up is because I was in Walmart about a month ago, and I saw a stack which of... Which is as often as you should ever be in Walmart. Right. And I saw a stack of board games, all Monopoly. I looked at them, like, why oh, are they having a sale on Monopoly? And then I read it, and it said... Tyleropoly. So I was like, huh. I was like, oh, I wonder. Shoot. So I picked it up, and sure enough, Streets and Tyler were on the game board. I'm like, huh. I wonder if this is just us or if this is other people. Like, are all towns getting their own edition of Monopoly now? Because. So Boardwalk that's was the case, Main Street. Well, Broadway. USA. For us. Broadway, the sprawling metropolis of Tyler, Texas. That would be. Broadway, America. USA, any town. Broadway's Actually, where Mike, all that, the action is. That kind of gets at. me thinking about the topic you had brought up. Um, because, you know, you go to Walmart and kind of off near the As Seen on TV aisle, you, you walk down and you see all of those Yu-Gi-Oh's and Pokemans and Magics. Oh, all the glorious uh, card games that some might consider a different version of a tabletop. Get them collectibles. 
Yeah, I mean, the, they're, they're, card, they're card collection games, so I would I would feel like that's an acceptable, like, tabletop gaming and, like, the idea of a, a board game are no longer, like, differentiated, I feel like. Although they are, for a more focused individual, they would classify them as different items. But for the, I guess it falls in the realm of whether it's electronic or not nowadays. Yeah, whether it's electronic or like, uh, so Battleship, it, I would say that that is more likely to fall into a board game in the sense that you have a physical board that you have to work off of, but you can have an electronic one where you don't really need to like have a board. Uh, right. Regardless, it, I, I think if you're sitting around a table... And you're playing a game, whether it be with 52 bicycles or a physical board like Monopoly or one of my personal favorites because of uh, the turn-based time length, uh, Small World. It's a good light version of Risk without as much intensity and uh, much more replayability. Um or you got you got some Yu-Gi-Oh or, or Magic or uh, Pokemon. I don't. I assume there's well, lots more getting, out there. But yeah, th- those I getting like onto those. I I kind of feel like that's the original loot box as far as games are concerned. You know. Oh, definitely. You, I think those are true. The the original epitome of the loot box. You give them an amount of money for a small pouch of a certain amount of cards and you just kind of gamble away at whether you'd get something really rare or something you really wanted. Yeah, or you could take the investment and go to your local card shop uh, and purchase it. Much like, well actually, let's, let's, let's roll that back a little further, Manny. I would actually say baseball, basketball, football cards, like the tops, Fleer Ultra... Those types of collectible cards. I'm surprised are the there isn't boxes. some sort of a meta game in collecting sports cards. You, you'd imagine you could do something where it's like, "Hey, let's play fantasy leagues," but you can only make a team out of players that you own cards for. That's what they did. Well, you use the stats off the card, right? They oh, okay. Stats. So, like the rookie cards probably be super awesome when the person's doing really well in their rookie year, or. Or you want the later version of Maguire, you know, after he uh, didn't do steroids and compete in a home run competition with other (laughs) steroid users. But hey, you would definitely win as long as nobody else used that season players. Are they even making sports cards, collectible cards anymore? I don't feel like yes. they are. Oh yeah, constantly. No, they, oh, are that they? will never that's that is actually a collectible that I don't think will ever die in the sense that there will always be new avid people related to sports. And so you know cards for sports will that? definitely continue. Is I guess uh sort of to bring it in parallel with, with comic books is they stopped becoming as much of an investment for collectors as far as resale the moment people realized that these were collectible and then companies started making more with the expectation that they would become collectible. At that point, you had too many and you had too many people holding on to them. 
that all in all just kind of bunks down the rarity. So the only really worthwhile cards are the ones from before anybody cared enough to hoard them or to try and preserve them. Right. Okay, well, I guess I just don't run across them anymore. I guess they're on the same aisle with um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and all that. I've, yeah, if you look through. Yeah, yeah well, usually. here's here's the deal. I'm actually not... I never really got into the big collectible card game craze. The only one I played for a little like bit... Like ever? Well, no, I mean, there was a brief time where I played the World of Warcraft trading card game. Oh, right. Um, I think I have a few of those. Yeah, I Which have, is I now have a game on your phone, just FYI. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, one That's of insane. one of my co-workers from not our place, Manny... Uh, he plays that on his phone. He was talking to me about it, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I really like it because it's it. It's got throwbacks to old characters from like the not online World of Warcraft game series. The the well, click them Diablo don't style. Hearthstone, don't you? I maybe I don't know. I didn't like. He just talked about it, and I since I don't wow." Yeah, that is kind of a World of Warcraft theme. Yeah, it is. It's uh, kind of the, the spiritual game successor thing. to it, the card game. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, digitally. Okay. Um, now I can get down with that. Here's the deal with it. I didn't play for very long because one of the big aspects of playing those games is having to build your deck, and I just never got any enjoyment out of that. I mean, I had these friends that would like spend twelve hours a day building like one deck and sure it'd be a good deck but i'm just like man that's 12 hours gone and yeah. i just didn't it just didn't make sense to me personally like well they should have gone pro bro should have just should have gone pro like, they were they were pretty good no nope. i guess they the thing that sort of makes it not fun for me anymore is, <laughs> is when you have to go I, pro. I tend to enjoy card games instead in in the realm where where all of the cards for the game are included with the game. Yes. Now because those I don't, are absolutely good with. I, I'm kind of turned off by the prospect and idea of having to purchase either the cards individually because, again, usually the best cards are the most expensive ones. They're right. also the ones that are least made. And that, that sort of just turns me off because I'd either have to spend a lot of money or have to get really lucky with the booster packs. I well then, what. Manny, I have a game for you, good sir. This is a card-collecting game where they give you all of the cards that you need to collect. It is a Rick and Morty card game. Uh, I think it's it's like the Rick, Rick Universe or something like that. Um, yeah, I think I've seen that. It's So it's similar to, like, I don't know if you've played Dominion. Uh, but it's like it's a card deck no. building game where you're trying to get points, but you're sharing cards with everybody at the table. So like you kind of help them and you kind of don't help them because if you help them, they get points, but they can help you get points. And whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. So it's a fun card collecting game and you can have a strategy and you're deck can make you you better but you're also competing wait, wait, wait. with so, other people for cards so do you have to do you have to buy individual packs at nope. some point or no like no starter deck well, or no no it, it is literally it's just a, a one-time purchase game 
It's like oh, uh, well, it's like then, purchasing then the original about, uh... Cards Against Humanity, where you just you purchase it and it's all the game, but every yeah, time you play is different. A deck building game, then yeah, it's you? it yeah, it's a deck building game. Uh, okay. But you're building yeah, you're building I, I a deck, you which you, you technically can... collectible card games are the same thing, but it's more random what you're getting yes. at any given point because it's all booster packs. Like I said, I gave Manny exactly what he asked for. He wanted a one purchase only, get all the cards that he needs to right. make a deck. But I, I kind of feel that falls back into the realm of like... Uh, Except for when expansions come out. Yeah, well... Get, well, I mean, it, look, I can download content to anything I want now. Because, you know, who really needs to make a full game when I can make you pay five nine nine for the newest expansion of 50 cards? Like right. the gold edition or the ultimate edition, which is for some reason better than the gold edition, or the comp- or the what is it founders edition, which is for some reason better than the ultimate edition. How do you get better than ultimate? I want the platinum, onyx, black, rock, everything, super ultra hyper dimension edition. It's I think everything. the best I ever did is I is I got into Pokemon cards, I, but I just collected those because I like the pictures. I never even learned to play uh, to play the game properly. I just you didn't you didn't get that uh, white white eyes black dragon, right? That's that's the one. Wait, are we talking about Yu Gi Oh or Pokemon? No. I feel like I feel like the dragon you just mentioned, Mike, might have been a Yu-Gi-Oh. Look, like it could have been. He's, he's yanking your chain. Could have been a. It could have been a dragon. It could have been like a flame he's breathing being old man, Stastny. Maybe, maybe it's just somebody that renamed their their Charmander to Black Eyes White White Dragon. I you think see, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He just tipped his hand there. Show me a card. Show me a card, sir. You show me a card. You're the one who brought it up. Pick a card, I'll slap both of you. It's a queen, we, queen of arms. Can we just take a second to acknowledge that the guy who thought of the concept of a collectible card was a genius? Because those cards probably cost like a penny for a hundred. And they just print a little text on them and put a little picture. And they put, you know, however many in a pack and they charge... Twelve to fifteen dollars a booster pack. I'm gonna yeah, break you your heart. How much? Those I mean, are? I'm not gonna say it's all profit, but it's pretty close to being all profit. I'm gonna break your heart. The man that came up with the idea probably only got pennies. Probably, you're probably right because cards have been mm. around for a long time. Because back um, then, pennies was that was lunch. He could literally buy a sandwich with a few pennies. That's true. Because money, it was cheap. Back then, yeah, but, but the, the pay, gallon the pay. of gas was two cents if you had a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, the pay scaled though. Hey, I make five cents collecting pickles from the cucumber farm. <laughs> collecting pickles from the what? Well, all a pickle is is a pickled cucumber. So Bless you, you, Mike. You gotta I, I don't, collect. The, I don't even know what you're going. Gotta on about collect anymore. the cucumber to make a pickle. I don't know, listeners. What do you think? Is Mike on something? Does it need a software reset? Do you have any favorite games to uh, sit around the schoolyard and trade and extort other kids for? Or were you more of a 
family night board game type of person let us know your thoughts you know where to find us folks i i'm gonna step away from this this has been banter banter please don't be on fire see you guys next time you can reach the hosts of banter banter on twitter at brogar c-r-e for manny you can find aaron at 8-bit wizard the eight is roman numerical you can find me on twitter at mike eight time the number eight email us at banterbantercast at gmail.com or find us on facebook at banterbantercast the opening and closing theme is called making me nervous by brad sucks off of his album titled i don't know what i'm doing give it a listen or consider buying it 